0: Previously on the Harry Strange Radio Drama.
1: Perhaps it was my translation. Perhaps it was. Tell me, Acolyte, with which hand do you write? My, uh, my left brother.
2: What was your human name? Theo Fiona. Oh, sure. I'd want to go back to that.
3: What? I'd go by Fiona. Anyway, it's not about the names. We can be... Free!
4: While searching for any survivors of the blast, that officials say has killed 24 so far, including 22 children and two nuns of the parish, this incredible event occurred.
2: She's centuries older than us. If we do this and fail... It will be the eternal
3: death, separation from everything,
2: total loss of
3: awareness.
5: I don't know where Finney came from, and I sure didn't remember ever being so happy to see the little lawn gnome. His attack on Lash caught her by surprise, and that was all I needed. I twisted her arm and bent it the wrong way at the elbow, driving her face first into the salt and holy oil-coated wall. Ah! Finny, look out! An arrow slammed into the back of his head and pierced through his forehead.
6: I hate you, Strange.
5: An arrow struck me in the chest, driving me
4: backwards into the wall.
0: Happening now on the Harry Strange Radio Drama.
4: Is there anything else on the agenda?
0: Another letter from Brother Sordeo's office.
2: His acolyte also left a few messages.
4: You did RSVP that no one from this office would be attending, correct?
2: Yes. The last time the acolyte called, I calmly, but firmly, told him you weren't interested. He got a little snippy, but nothing I couldn't handle. Um, who is Brother Sordeo?
4: Sordeo and I attended the same seminary. He joined the Order of the Dagger and Cross before we gave our final vows. He was always a bit of a radical.
2: What does he want with you, Bishop?
4: I'm not sure. I did some checking on this Council of Thirteen of his. It's not sanctioned by his order, or the Vatican, but it is made up of the most powerful orders and dioceses within the Catholic Church. Even Bishop Ethan from the United Kingdom is attending.
2: Was it wise not to attend? The split between Roman Catholics and Americans seems to be growing.
4: If extremists like Sordeo are the future of the church... Anyway, the council meeting was today. Given the time difference between us and Rome, I'd venture to say it's going on right now.
2: What made him such a radical?
4: Brother Sordeo was devout in his beliefs. Probably the most faithful man I've ever met. But he had some strange ideas about the end times and revelations. He wrote and published a paper whose thesis was that it is the task of every member of the clergy to bring about the judgment of God. He took a literal interpretation of the book of Revelations and wrote strategy for breaking the seals.
2: The seals? I'm sorry, Bishop Reads My knowledge of Revelations is woefully
4: inadequate. Opening the seals is bad. Behind one seal are Gog and Magog. Two demons who will kill a tenth of the world's population.
2: Why would he want to kill that many people?
4: Because, as devout as Brother Sordeo is, he is also insane. His order removed him from any formal responsibilities and gave him freedom to research and meditate.
2: Shouldn't you warn someone?
4: You know how the church is about dealing with its... bad seeds. Sordeo is in Rome. Let Rome deal with him.
2: That's strange. I wasn't expecting any deliveries today. Were you Bishop? No. I'll see who it is. I'll be right back.
4: Lindsay? Is everything okay? Lindsay? Lindsay, did you break some. Who. Are you? Your sacrifice will send a message. All things serve the Lord. Magic and
5: magical people. The unnatural order is all around us. There are white witches, black witches, demons, vamps, werewolves, shapeshifters, ghosts. It's a protoplasmic party of creature features out there. But unless you know where to look, you won't find them. I know where to look. My name is Harry Strange. I opened my eyes and saw the stars. Odd, considering I was in a bed. The most comfortable bed I'd ever felt. And yet, there were the stars, twinkling in a hypnotic pattern. I watched, mesmerized by their beauty. After blinking a few times, I realized that I was not looking at the heavens above, but a clever copy designed by the architects of whatever building I was currently occupying. I tossed the softest covers in the world to the floor and sat up on my side of the bed. Finny and I were under attack. He took an arrow the size of a harpoon to the back of his head. I took one in the chest and several in my shoulder. Someone had done a great job dressing my injuries. I looked under the wrappings, almost healed. But where was Finny? And where the hell was I? I grabbed the robe from a chair next to the bed. The feel of the chair made me think I probably couldn't afford to look at it, much less sit in it. I opened a drawer on the nightstand. No Bible or phone book. The closet on my side of the bed was empty except for a dark silk suit, a pair of men's Italian leather boots, and a crisp white shirt. In the top drawer of a dresser larger than my office, I found my wallet and dagger of Iago. That was a good sign. I just wish I could remember how I got here, or knew where here was. The view was spectacular, small, narrow streets opening up to the occasional plaza. Then I saw it and did a double take. The hair on my arms stood up and I felt a knife cut into my belly. I sat down because my
7: legs were too weak to hold me.
3: Hello, lover.
7: Look at this, Sordio. There are only nine of us and you have still not captured Harry Strange. He is still required for the event, yes?
1: Bishop Ethan, I assure you that I will have Harry Strange before the week is out.
7: You have been unable to capture him in three months. By what trickery do you hope to use to get him now? Divine intervention? Allow me to worry about that. Certain arrangements have been made. The way you arranged to have that orphanage in America destroyed without consulting the council. Last I checked, this was a council, not a dictatorship.
1: The orphanage was a test to the effectiveness of our weapons. It was also a sign to the Americans that my council requires the utmost seriousness and dedication.
7: And yet, they are not present at this meeting.
1: Bishop Ethan, perhaps we should have this discussion offline. The other council members are here to put the operation in play. Everything is going according to plan. I have the whore and the witch. Soon I will have Strange. He is not necessary until the final part.
7: And the Americans?
1: The Americans are liberals, baby killers and homosexuals. They are part of the problem. Their church leadership is in need of regime change and I, with the backing of this council, plan to deliver it to them. In this room, we have representatives from the College of Cardinals, Opus Dei, the Knights of Columbus, the Sisters of the Order of Perpetual Sorrow, the Council of Archbishops, the Supreme General of Jesuits, and leaders from the Antioch, Byzantine, and United Kingdom diocese. Do you really think the Americans make a difference to the goals of this council? However, Bishop Ethan, if you no longer support the council, feel free to
7: leave. I support the goals of this council. The world needs a good throttling. We've wandered far, far from the path. My country is overrun with appeasers, accommodators, the politically correct who would rather compromise and stand by principle. My concern, Brother Sordio, is that one of our members of this council acts independently. There are those in the church who would consider what we are doing treasonous. I am sure no one at this table wants a visit from one of the cleaners from your order.
1: The vicar of the Order of the Dagger and the Cross may not be in attendance, but I promise you, and all the members of this council, we have many sympathizers within the order. It's not the Council of Thirteen who need to worry about the cleaners, but those who oppose us. Uh, Brother Sordeo, a word please. Speak openly, acolyte. I just received news... Bishop Clarence Reeds, Archbishop of the American Diocese, and his
6: aide, Lindsay Douglas, were cleansed according to and sanctioned by the Order of the Dagger of the Cross
1: Canons. Acolyte, please provide the council with the methods used in this cleaning. Yes, brother. <clears throat> Earlier this morning,
6: a cleaner entered the sanctuary of Bishop Reeds and his assistant. The cleaner killed the assistant by crushing her head with five blows from a killing stone. The bishop was shot in the neck with a dark containing the poison from seven deadly asps. The cleaner then sliced their bodies into 12 parts. One part of each will be sent to the members of this council. As is customary in clergy executions, the cleaner tore out the bishop's tongue and will slice it into bite-sized
7: portions. The execution was carried out under the orders of Brother sordeo of the Order of the Dagger and the Cross.
1: We will put out a story to the media about Bishop Reed's unfortunate dalliances with altar boys when he was still a parish priest, and that he has been called back to Rome to face disciplinary charges. We will also release more pedophiles from our cells to various American parishes as punishment for their refusal to participate in this council. Are there any questions?
7: Just one, for your acolyte. Yes, Bishop? The last time we met, you had ten fingers. I only count seven now. Pray, where are the other three?
6: You're probably going to need a good surgeon to rebuild your... No, Lil. I am going to need an automatic weapon to take out those bastards. Killing them quickly would let them off too easy. You need to think more long-term pain. A slow castration, perhaps. (laughs) Don't make me laugh. Everything hurts when I laugh. How long have we been in this hell pit? I've been here at least a year. A couple of months for you, I guess. I think. Hard to say, really. I know it's been a few days since the boys have been down here to visit us. (sighs) Does it hurt much? Oh, like salt in a stab wound. The only thing I can think of that hurt more than this was the fire of the shroud. That stung like a bitch. The fire of the shroud? The shroud of Turin? Yeah. Long story. It's not like we're going anywhere. I would love to know how you came to be touched by the shroud. Okay, but it's going to sound crazy. Crazier than a robe and his little butt pirate torturing two women in a basement somewhere in Vatican City. Actually, a little bit, yeah. Okay. A year or so ago, my partner and I were captured by this little troll of a man, called himself Mr. K. We had been searching for the seven stones of Solomon, and clues led my partner Harry to this strange abbey. Mr. K forced Harry to retrieve a very powerful scepter from a labyrinth deep within the sub-basement, catacombs, really, of this abbey. There were beasts the size of elephants that looked like giant squids guarding the scepter. Somehow, Harry managed to kill the beasts. Are you okay, Lil? You're not looking so good. Oh, I'm fine, Garmin. Do continue. There were a pair of monks holding the scepter. They told Harry they knew he was coming to retrieve the scepter because ancient texts foretold of his arrival. Believe me, I never heard the end of that. Hey, Carm, guess who's mentioned in the ancient texts? Oh, that's right, me. Did Harry mention the names of these texts? Not to me. None of this sounds outlandish to you? Quite the contrary. It's all very enlightening. Okay. I wish we had met under different circumstances. (laughs) You have no idea. Please, continue. The monks were afraid of the scepter and the stones it contained, so they wrapped the scepter in part of the Shroud of Turin. Here's where it gets a little wonky. The scepter allowed the user to spatially transport by thought alone. They say the angels only need to think about a place and there they are. The scepter let humans do the same. Harry thought about me while he was still in the monk's room and he appeared just in time to save me from Kay and his cannibals. The spatial jump wore him down though. He grabbed my waist and formed a conduit between me and the scepter. I thought about being home. Just before we made the jump, Mr. K threw a dagger at me and it cut deep into my side. When Harry and I woke up, we were on the street by my house. He saw the dagger and all the blood. In order to stop the bleeding, he grabbed the first thing his hand landed on. The shroud. The wound healed instantly. Sure could use that ability now. Indeed. When did the fire start? Not until I was attacked by unnaturals. You see, there are naturals, us, you humans, and unnaturals, demons, angels, elder gods. A couple of vampires attacked me. Before I could defend myself, the fire burst from where the shroud touched me. The vamps melted and the fire destroyed a fleabag hotel I was hoping Sordeo and his acolyte would be unnatural so I could light them up like paper tigers. That would have been something. What happened to the scepter and the stones? I don't know. Harry went off to slay a vampire who killed Harry's wife back in the 1930s. Did he succeed? I don't know. The last time I saw him, he was heading off to the vampire's boat. Did he mention anyone else? Did he mention three very special stones that would render him invisible to unnaturals? He did. How did you know? Son of a bitch! You're Lilith! Could this day get any worse? You have no idea how bad this day can get. Your partner lied to me. He betrayed me and sent me here. Every lash of the whip, every broken bone, it's all Harry Strange's fault. I want nothing more than to suck the flesh from his bones and hang him upside down from a crucifix with his own viscera, but I don't know where he is! I've had my girls looking for him for months, and all this time, his little Carmen was right here. This is rich. Oh, you little witch! If I could get my hands on you, I would not need magic. I'd rip you in half. You would die with a taste of your own heart beating in your mouth. Easy, Lilith. You should consider the consequences of your actions. And what might those consequences be? More spells in poorly pronounced Latin? Do you think you're a match for me? I am as old as the universe. You are an ass Speck. My Latin is fine. You may be ancient, and I don't doubt your magic is strong. But are you ready to go one-on-one with the fire of the shroud? Are you threatening me? Your arrogance is only surpassed by your ignorance. I am the mother of the Nephilim. I was the creator's favorite before the angels were born. Your master betrayed me and... Step back, bitch! No one is my master. Harry will save me. At some point, he is going to burst through that door. And when he does, he will save me. You? Well, that can go either way. More threats? No threats, Lilith. A deal. After you called me a bitch? It's been a rough day. I'm listening. Well, I know you have to honor your deals. Unlike you, deceitful, hairless apes. Name-calling. Is that productive? Just an observation. Present company excluded. (laughs) Simple deal. Clean slate between the three of us. And in return, Harry or I will set you free. (laughs) You are going to set me free. And how will you manage that? Harry is coming to save me. One of us will set you free. And if he doesn't? If my girls get to him first? Then I melt your girls with the fire of the shroud, and you and I will have a battle that they will write fan fiction about for years. Do we have a deal? Do you really think Harry will go along with this? Do we have a deal? Fine. Done. Good. I knew you could be rational. There will not be a place you can hide if you renege on your end of the deal. Legions of my angels will hunt you down, fire at the shroud or not. I will send human familiars after you who will make Sordeo and his acolyte look like angels of mercy. Finished? Feel better now that you got that off your chest? I'll keep my end of the deal. Make sure you keep yours. No tricks, no semantics. It's a new game between us and you aren't seeking retribution. Do you really think Strange is going to save you? I'm guessing he's already on his way.
3: Hello, lover.
5: Her voice was like velvet. She was wearing a towel that couldn't conceal a quarter, much less the shape of her perfect body. Not too big, not too small. Deep, auburn hair set off a heart-shaped face with angelic eyes and sultry, pouty lips.
3: Glad to see you are vertical. I hope that's not a permanent change, though. I was planning to sample the goods before you leave. Who are you? The girl who rescued you from the archer. Fiona, for short. So, what did you do to piss off a chick with a bow and arrow?
5: It's kind of a crazy story. What happened to my friend?
3: Friend? Friend? You were the only one there.
5: My friend Finny was there. He saved my life.
3: Sorry. Maybe the archer took him. Let me take a look at your wounds.
5: No! That's not possible. How did you know where to find me? I grabbed her by the arms. This chick was hot and buff. She had some serious guns on her. She put her hands on my chest. Not pushing, just resting. I could feel the power in those hands.
3: I'm sorry about your friend. Finny, was it? But you were the only one there, as far as how, well, let's just say you have an angel looking for you.
5: She slipped her hands inside my robe and started feeling my chest.
3: Mmm, nice pecs. Oh, what have we here?
5: Her fingers slowly rubbed the scar, then moved over to my nipples, which she rolled between her thumb and forefinger, drawing the expected reaction.
3: I watched you while you were sleeping this morning. You reminded me of a Greek god statue.
5: I only half heard what she was saying. Her fingers were like feathers, light and soft. And I was feeling their effects all over my body.
3: Mmm, nice abs. Especially considering how many carbs you consume.
5: Her hand continued downward. Oh,
3: (laughs) my. I seem to have aroused your attention. Let's see what happens when I do... This.
5: Fiona dropped her towel. She was close enough that her nipples brushed my chest.
3: Mm, Am I pert enough for you?
5: I responded by kissing her lips, then her throat, her shoulder.
3: Ooh. (laughs) A man of action. I approve. Oh. Ah. Ooh. Ah. That's it, lover.
1: The explosion was wondrous and it concluded the final test next slide acolyte once our pope is seated he will declare all non-catholics heretics he will give all fornicators divorcees baby killers and other heathens one week to attend confession or begin their conversion to catholicism next slide the world media will have a field day with this they will call us unreasonable and demand we retract our statements The Communist UN will probably request some action taken against the Vatican, or will at least provide a strongly worded condemnation. Political leaders around the world will piss themselves, trying to walk a balance between humoring their god of political correctness and not offending the billions of voting and vocal Catholics. Next slide. That Sunday, Catholic churches around the world will explode. We are planting the same type of explosives we used in the orphanage in Night Falls, in large and small cathedrals and churches throughout the world. Churches from London, New York, and Rome to little pissant parishes in the backwaters of America will have the C4H.
6: C4H?
1: A combination of the C4 explosive and mixture of holy oil and salt. Very powerful stuff. The C4 will destroy the humans and the structures. The holy oil and salt will kill demons on contact. It lingers for weeks, so we get more bang for our buck. (coughs) (coughs) Uh,
7: Sorry, brother. Uh, Something in my throat.
1: (laughs) Next slide, please. The following week, while the world is still reeling from this devastation, we do the same thing to the synagogues, mosques, and the Bible-thumping churches. This is where it gets delicious. Next slide. The Israelis will blame the Muslims and use this opportunity to attack Iran, Syria, and Jordan. Iran will return fire, no doubt causing Israel to escalate to nuclear warfare. And that is where it all comes together. Slide. The other Arab nations will be obligated to join their brothers against the Jews.
6: What about the Americans and the English? Surely they will intervene and stop this.
1: Their leadership is incompetent and impotent. It's unlikely they will respond with little more than a sternly worded letter. Next slide, acolyte. This is the Euphrates River. Somewhere along its course through Turkey, Syria, and Iraq is the seal of Gog and Magog, twin elder gods who were sealed within millions of years ago. When freed, they will mark the beginning of the apocalypse.
6: I'm not following the logic here. Are you saying one army or another will nuke the Euphrates?
1: Exactly, sister. The ancients sealed Gog and Magog with powerful magic. The only mortal device powerful enough to destroy the seal is a nuclear weapon.
6: With all respect, Brother Sordeo, what are the odds of one of the nations hitting the seal directly? Why would they nuke a river?
1: A valid question, Sister Judith. The ancient texts, as well as my own research, allude to the three most likely regions for the seal of Gog and Magog. Based on my knowledge, and the research of Syrian scholars, I think it is located here, at the base of the Euphrates Dam in
7: Syria. And the dam would be a military target that the Israelis would exploit. It would cut off the power and water supply in Damascus, and most of the other cities in the country.
1: Exactly. Next slide. Gog and Magog will kill a tenth of the world's population. No army will be able to stand before them.
6: That's 300 million souls. The wages
1: of sin is death, Sister Judith.
6: I understand, brother. What keeps these elder gods from devouring the faithful?
1: Two things. Our new pope will throw the allegiance of the Catholic Church behind Gog and Magog. One and a half billion worshippers for our new gods.
7: And the second?
1: The Sacrifice of the Whore and the Champion of the Angels.
7: The Whore and...
1: Harry Strange.
0: Harry Strange, Episode 212, C4H, was written and directed by Tony Serechia. All material is copyright by Tony Serechia and used with his permission. Featured in tonight's cast were... Brian Troxell, Emily Jane, Jason Tyler, Kellen Stennett, Julie Ivey, Jamie Penn... Dennis Coburn, Parker Whirling, Sylvia Galan, Parissa Johnston, and Katherine Claypool. To keep up with the latest news and information on everyone's favorite private investigator, visit our Facebook page at facebook.com slash harrystrangeradio. Send your questions, comments, and suggestions to producer at harrystrange.com. For comments that may be included on future shows, call the listener hotline at 678-379-8669. That's 678 379 Tony. Harry's opening theme music was written and performed by Lance Hogan and is copyright by Lance Hogan and used with his permission. Incidental music and character themes were written and performed by Ryan Lassard and are copyright by Ryan Lassard and used with his permission. Contact Ryan at rlassardmusic at gmail.com. Incidental music was written and performed by Kevin McLeod and is copyright by Kevin McLeod and used with his permission. Visit Incompetech.com for more of Kevin's music. Our marketing and PR director is Vanessa Schill. Email Vanessa at producer at harrystrange.com. For the Harry Strange Radio Drama, I am Joanne Pruden. Good night.